What up, what up, what up? <laughs> the Spierta said wake up, y'all, or For real, wake good up. night. Because we're bed. up. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're up and it's early. It's hella early. early well, it's for, not that early. Early but... for us. Yeah, I woke up at like 8.30. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Well, what's anyway, up, y'all? here we are. It's the morning. We have our coffees. We have our water. We're keeping hydrated. We are keeping hydrated. We're making sure our skin is looking good so that we're feeling good. But like we said, this season is all about getting to know ourselves and getting to know you guys and however that might look. But we wanted to talk about something that... Um, I don't think we really have talked too much about on this podcast specifically. And I think it's really important. Um, I think that visibility across the board is really, really important. And that is something that I kind of always have tried to, not always, but like as of recently, I've been trying to be more aware of how visibility is important so that's um that's an angle that i also want to go at this episode with but open vent the vent is wide open anything goes this is a space where we will be venting about anything that is on our minds we keep the vent open for each other and for anyone listening if you have something you would like to vent about on a future episode feel free to write us some vent mail through Instagram DM or send us a voice message. Go to our Instagram bio for that link. So we got rude customers. How do you feel about rude customers, D? All I got to say is everybody needs to work in customer service at least once and then see how y'all feel after that. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the, that's all I got to say cuz you could tell that there's some people that have never been in that yeah. type of space. <laughs> it's draining you guys. It, it the rude customers are are a special kind of people. Are the kind of people that should just do take out. What are like some of your rude customer experiences that you've had this week? So, we have outside seating now. It's patio seating. Um and we sectioned off like part of the street and there's signs everywhere that say like patrons only, like only if you're obviously eating with little star, you can eat on these outside benches because before people used to just sit there. So this man peeps his head in to see if he could eat outside. And I was like, yeah, for sure. If you're eating with our restaurant, you know, you're more than welcome to sit outside. And he was like, duh. Yeah, obviously I'm eating at your restaurant. And I'm like, okay, man, like you didn't have to be hella snarky about it. I'm just saying because sometimes people just eat their fucking burgers there and they're not supposed to because they're not from, they didn't get it at this restaurant. So the man goes outside, sits his ass down and waits for a server. And it's like, okay, like, yes, there's outside seating, but that's not how it works. You come in and you order and you go get a, you get a number, you sit outside. There's a, there's a he system. Yeah, the whole order messed up. There's a system, right? So he literally went out there entitled AF waiting for somebody to come wait for him hand and foot. So, and then at some point he reached for like silverware and stuff. It's like, man, you don't just grab stuff right now. It's not the day and age where you can just grab things, you know, <laughs> who knows where your little hands have been. You know, he like sat himself down with plates as if it would make service come faster. And my manager had to go tell him like, hey, you have to order inside. And he comes back inside points at me from afar like 
Well, she told me to go sit outside. And then I was like, I said, like, that's not what I said. I was like, you know, I was like, that's all you asked me. All you asked me was that if you could eat outside. And I said, yes, if you're eating with us, you could eat outside. And then you went and sat your ass outside. And then later to my manager, I was like, sorry, not sorry. And he's like, oh, no, you're fine. He's just an old fuck. (laughs) And I was like, yeah. I mean, it gets real like that. And you got to you got to let them know. You got to let them know. Yeah, I was like, no, not today, sir. I was hungover. Not today. <laughs> but did you have fun the night before, though? Yeah, it was a really good night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know. Okay, so I went to L.A. Uh, not that long ago. And I didn't know the rules of how COVID is opening up in other cities. So I just went. I actually have never really been shopping during COVID. Okay. So I went to Macy's because it was open. Okay. And I was like trying to buy shoes or something. And I didn't see the sign that said no grabbing the shoes because of COVID. And so I was like, hmm, this looks nice. So I was like grabbing it. And then I was I was like, nah, not this one. And so then I like grabbed another one. And I was a little high too. I, I ain't gonna lie. Freshly smoked and ate. And then yeah. I went to the mall. You know, regular shit. For sure. For sure. Typical. <laughs> Relatable. Typical day. <laughs> yeah. So I grab a couple shoes, but they didn't see me. So then I go to the lady and I'm like, hey, can I try these on? She's like, she like, just, I could tell that she like gasped inside. Like, bruh, like why are behind you? Behind her mask. <laughs> she gasped behind her fucking mask. She's like, you can't tell what I just said. But yeah, no, she, she was just like, you can't really touch those. Like I have to go sanitize it now. She said. <laughs> you just made more fucking work for me. You know what? It was an innocent mistake. But yeah, I was probably one of those customers that she was like, this bitch. Yep, it was me. I'm sorry. You're listening. I'm sorry. sorry. I hope you have a good rest of your shift. Welcome to La Sala, everyone. Come through. Come through. This is our, you know, this is our audible living room. Since you can't come over to my house, you can come to this space. We want y'all to come through, sit with us, and think about life while we talk about it. This season, we will be discussing a specific topic each week through our own perspectives and experiences. If you like the topics being discussed on this segment, don't be shy. Let us know and show us some digital, socially distant love. Tag us on your social media or send us a message. We hope you like this conversation. Some of the things that we're going to be talking about is, like, our experiences growing up, um, the deal with, like, the sex talk, um, how were we introduced to different things, um, taboos, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, Leslie, when you were growing up, do you remember getting the sex talk at all? Do you, was that a thing? I think I, I remember, I recall asking when I was really young, like, where babies came from. And my mom, like, I remember her definitely saying, like, you're too young for that. So we'll we'll address that some other time. Mm-hmm. And then I think eventually, like, you know, there's that, like, I think even you mentioned, like, oh, um, your parents possibly thought they learned at school. And I will say that kids are mañosos, bro. <laughs> like, they're like, you know, like, they know hella, like, little things here and there and, like, yeah. They know what's like right and wrong, quote unquote, and like like they just know I, I I know what you mean. Yeah, I don't know. So I think that for sure there was some sort of ideas 
floating around in school, but like, you know, just not really clear, right? Because you don't really know. So I think I remember eventually I asked her again when I was older and she explained it. And then, um, yeah, like that was the most of that. But, you know, growing up, besides that it was never like hey like this is birth control like this is what you do in this situation like hey this is a condom like um this is a condom and just basically educating you versus being like instead of being so taboo about it, it's like know that this is education and mm. this is knowledge and this is worth knowing right because then kids are out here not knowing anything i think the you said something really cool right now that it's it's knowledge and it's information like a lot of people think that it's um they think, or at least I, I think they think, mm-hmm. let me say that. Sure. I think people think that it is, um, that it is not information and it is more of an experience. And if it happens to you, like you're just supposed to know what happens. I don't know actually like how it works, like in people's, uh, in people's head, but it is information and it is important. I feel like there's a lot of uh, shame that comes along with like sex and sexuality. Right. There's a lot of shame that is built up from, you know, different parts of different mentalities like you know right like we've talked about before it's like religion and like even government really because like you know getting married to same sex is like most recent you know mm. in this day and age but for sure for sure and for myself like i didn't get the sex talk growing up either i mean i've never even talked to my sisters that asked them if they got the sex talk growing up because you know i grew up in a single parent household um and so i think that for my mom i think it might be a little bit harder to talk about sex to two boys because, you know, me and my brother and then I have my older sister. So I don't know. She probably might might have had more experiences like that with them, that she was able to talk to women a woman, mm-hmm. <clears throat> even though, you know, gender is a construct and gender is fucked up. But you know what I mean? Right. Um, so, yeah, I think my mom just assumed that I would learn about it in church and that i would learn about it in like um school Mm -hmm. i don't know what she thought but that's what i think um because nah we never ever talked about sex pretty religious right like how did that like ever like play a situation where like you feel like because of religion we didn't talk about sex growing up me specifically yeah like um so yeah i mean i i guess i kind of grew up catholic in the sense that i do recall going to church when i was young but eventually my my parents just I don't know. Part of it, I think, is that they gave me a choice, but part of it was also that they got busy and they stopped going to church, you know? I don't know. Right. But so so church and religion has definitely, um, there's been a huge, like, disconnect with that for many, many years. So, you know, I don't even think that, definitely there's those talk, there's that talk where it's like they say, you can't, you shouldn't do this in the Bible. Like, I had, you know, I have gay uncles, you know, but... You know, they, we hear about how, like, they talk about, like, how being gay in the Bible is wrong or whatever the hell they, they say, you know. And it's just, like, that idea, those ideas and the, that mentality that I've heard of way back in the past, but have definitely, were not even 
influenced by it right, anymore. Right. So I can't really relate in those in that regard because sex and and sexuality, obviously, you hear about it being like talked about and how it does. You know, it's bad or you shouldn't do it or whatever because God said so. You know, but I don't know. Yeah, no, I feel you. I remember growing up, um, like now my family is very aware and more like open to different sexualities and stuff. But um, I remember growing up, like my aunt um, is lesbian and like we knew, everybody knew, Mm -hmm. but it was just the unspoken, you know? It's like, oh yeah, she has una, tiene una pareja, but we don't really talk about what that really means. With my uncles, it was always like, it was like he'd bring somebody to the parties and it'd be like, um, es su amigo. And then like, I grew up thinking like, oh, es su amigo. (laughs) Until like, finally, like I was old enough to know that it's more than a friend or whatever, you know, or that guy that you thought was his friend wasn't his friend. And you're just like, oh my God. Right. Yeah, no, for real. And, um, yeah, cause I just like a few years ago, I reconnected with my aunt, the one that um, I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. She like brought her girlfriend around too, and so like we all had like a reconnecting or whatever. And her, they both had like deep memories of my childhood that I didn't even remember them. Huh. And I was like, I was like, damn, like queerness really has been prominent in... and there. And like y'all knew, like they were like, yeah, you used to say this, you used to say that, like to us, and like we would have, like they had like all these little, like. They're like, yeah, your mom used to like let let us go places with you, and like we take care of you or take you to the park. And I was like, damn, this is crazy. That That's like really cool. Yeah, and then I remember growing up as well. I was ex- and this aunt is your mom's sister. No, she's my father's sister. Oh, gotcha. So it's even more like because <sighs> growing up, I didn't grow up with my father, sure. so it's even more of a like a shock that I was that like close to them for a little bit. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, because my mom didn't really trust the other family sure. like that. Like, she was the only sister. That she would trust you with. Yeah, because there's some other shady shit that, like, has sure. happened. But I think that in some ways that's really beautiful that, you know, you had your aunt that was hella, like, you know, it, you know, part of that community and very obviously prominent in your family. But you're right. It's those things that we don't really talk about or they're mm-hmm. not really addressed. And it's like... Again, shame, shame, shame. Like, so yeah. Growing up, I also was. Um, I did a lot of martial arts since I was like eight or nine. I started doing that until like through high school, and um, my instructors were lesbian, and I didn't even know that they were lesbian. Like, I, it didn't make sense to. I didn't even know what lesbian was. Sure. But like, you know, as How kids, I was like eight, okay, eight or nine when I started sure, going. Sure. And my sister, she, one of my old, my oldest sisters, she was like, she's like, did you know your teachers are lesbians? And I was like, what is that? Like, no, they're not. <laughs> I was like, you're tripping. <laughs> but I like, I just like thought it was like a bad thing the way she said it, you know. And so it's like even those interactions with like family and like people that you're close with that like start to taint like what you think is quote unquote right or acceptable right and it like makes you think of people in a different way so like after that i was just like so y'all are a couple y'all live together like because you know as kids we would ask them like who are you guys how do you guys know each other yeah where do you guys live you know little kids are so nosy yeah 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 but (laughs) i think that that's very a good point that you just said that um what somebody finds acceptable 
changes the way that you view things, right? Something like, what did you say? Say that again. It was like saucy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me see if I can. Um, (laughs) I said something along the lines of like, it's crazy that the perception of like, somebody else's perception can taint yours. Yeah, for sure. And it's really true. It's like when you're playing with tie-dye, like one little too much drops of something can turn it into something else. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like, when you're little, you have no other option than to absorb. And I think that's the problem of like when when you don't talk about it mm. because then you're, you know, being tainted by society because no one at home is telling you like it's OK and right. this is normal and this is what right. it is, you know. And it's funny because uh, you mentioned this because, OK, so my I have a cousin and she has a I believe she has a two year old or a three year old, possibly a three year old now. Um and she's so funny. She's so curious. And my cousin tells me that they watch this show. And I believe she said that there's a gay a gay couple on the show or something like that. And then... Is it 90 Day Fiance? Um, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. That's what it was. That's a couple in Mexico? Was. I, <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know specifically, but she was telling me now that you mentioned it, she was like, yeah, we watched 90 Day Fiance together. And she, you know, she watches it with me and she goes, that's a mommy and that's a daddy. Like it's, it's two, I guess two, two guys. Yeah. yeah. Two guys. Yeah. So like, she was like, that's a daddy and that's a daddy, you know? And she was just like, no, <laughs> like the little girl was like, no, you know, like, nah, you're playing with me. You know, like that's she's what my cousin my said. Leg. Right, right, right. And she's like, she's like, sometimes in houses there's, there's a mommy, mommy, Aww. there's a daddy, daddy, and there's a mommy, daddy, you know? And then she was still like, you're really like playing with me right now. You know, like the little girl was still like not, not buying it. But then like, I guess eventually now that they watch it, like she sees them and then she's like, mommy. And then she's like, yeah. She's like, is that a daddy, daddy and a daddy, daddy? And, you know? And then her mom's like, yeah. And she's like, okay. And then Aww, she's just that's like, so cute. So, you know, it's like, it's like just making sure that you know at a young age you normalize it because it is normal and it's like people are so you know i saw something the other day that said something like oh if you say like i'm not homophobic but i hope my kids aren't gay like that's still homophobic and there's still like a lot of people that (laughs) are like that you know it's just like man like so much so much hate and so much damage that you cause to a person because you know you they grow up with this perception or mentality that it's not okay mm-hmm. and that it is shameful and that you should be ashamed. And it's like, for what? Right. And I mean, we're also not saying like to instantly like involve your kids in things that you are still unlearning and still learning. Yeah. But like at the same time, it is important to know those things. I think that that was so cute what you said about the little girl yeah. and how she was like, you know, cause I don't know. I feel like, that is so important to like involve your kids in that. And I another little put me on situation, but I listened to Jaden XD. Okay. It's a podcast um, also hosted by black people. So, you know, fits perfectly with put me on because that's what we do. Yeah. But um, Jade ha- is, a, is a mother and she was talking about how she also watches that show. Um, but specifically she talks about how her daughter loves watching rupaul's drag race with her and i guess there's like parts that she doesn't let her watch because she's too little but but like her daughter is like in love with drag queens and like she has like dolls that she tries to make drag queens (laughs) and like she um i think she even lets her play sims. yeah i think she even lets her play sims with her okay and like 
her whole house is drag queens. <laughs> and it's like a like an eight-year-old, nine-year-old yeah. girl. It's like it's like that is popping as yeah. fuck. That like her kids are like, yeah, drag queens, I think that's fucking lit. Why not have a whole ass house on Sims with drag queens? I've seen something online where there's this whole thing um where drag queens go and read books to kids. Yeah. You know, and like yeah. they're reading them books and the kids are just kind of like looking at them, but like understanding and, and being fine with it, you mm. know, and it's just like, it's that kind of stuff. Like you're, you're right. Like don't um introduce your kids to things that you're barely trying to understand yourself, but like the little things of like being around people, like drag queens or being around um or understanding that concept, like seeing that and explaining it, you know, mm-hmm. taking the time to explain it mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, like that's how it is sometimes. never really um exposed to stuff like that at such a young age like with a clear understanding mm-hmm. of what it was but i remember in middle school i um I, was, I must have been like sixth or seventh grade i think it must have been sixth grade because i remember my t- teacher um <laughs> mr cordick shout out to you if you're listening or if anybody <laughs> that i grew up with um yeah he's a dope ass teacher but it must have been sixth grade because he was my sixth grade english teacher or whatever it's been years so we had a whole panel discussion um where um it was just a bunch of lgbtq identifying people and they were just talking to us and we were like in sixth grade yeah and i remember i didn't really understand what gayness was or like queerness was because you know again my perception was tainted when i was growing up i was like this is something i've heard of this is something that i haven't heard of but um i remember i asked him I was like, can I ask the gay guy a question? I wanted to ask him if he's like still gay. Cause I didn't know if it was something that like you go through and you don't, <laughs> you know? So it even made my teacher think. Cause he was like, he like stopped to think and he looked at him. He's like, nah, you can't ask that. Like, cause oh. he, he like knew. And then he told me, he's he's like, yeah, like he still is. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're, he was like, no, dude. Like that's not a question that yeah. you can ask. But like he did it in a way where I didn't feel. How old were you again? I must have been like 12 or 13. Okay. okay. Uh, we just had to switch up the vibe a little bit because the conversation got a little deep. Um, and these are really things that are hard for a lot of people to talk about even for us um and it's especially hard because sometimes you have no other um you have no other option than to go back to your childhood and go back to those situations um that maybe you didn't think caused you that much damage or maybe you didn't think was hurtful um but it was and you kind of got to go back and be like you know what that was not okay. Like what you taught me in that moment was not okay. You can't tell the person that, but you have to tell yourself that. And that's kind of what I've been doing a lot of recently. Um, And especially during COVID, like I have no other option than to look inward and really try to see what's up (laughs) For for lack of a better word. But 
Um, I have been owning my own identities a lot lately, and I've been making sure that I know who I am and where I stand with things. And um, growing up, like I said, my perception of things or my, I, or at least what I thought was right and wrong was always fluctuating <laughs> day by day, week by week. It was a lot. Um, and like just as of recently, as of the last couple of years, I I have been understanding that um, that sexuality is very fluid and that things aren't um, as like black and white as mm-hmm. people want to make it seem black and white or pink and blue or whatever the yeah. fuck, you know, right. um, and it has been like it has been like a very not dark but it has been very blurry like when you open your eyes underwater and you're like i kind of know where i'm going but not really i just know i'm in the pool yeah. <laughs> i know i'm in the right pool <laughs> yeah that's a good way to put it yeah and so i um i have been like i i have had to have moments where i'm just like you know what I have been attracted to men before. I was so like normalized in like man and woman relationships. Mm-hmm. It's such a weekly thing because I would go to church mm-hmm. every with the family. But like growing up, that was really what I what I saw. And like not only I didn't really see it in my family or at home, but I just saw it everywhere else. So it's like what I thought was normal. And I always had crushes on girls and I always had like, you know, my my kindergarten crush, my like second grade crush and like all these things, you know, Um, I never really saw boys like that growing up. Um, And then like I got older, you know, you start, you know, I I think it was after middle school. I like started thinking about that, but not really. Like I didn't really entertain the thought, as they say in church. Mm -hmm. I didn't really let that really consume my mind a lot, but. I did sometimes be like, oh, yeah, like, that guy's attractive or that guy's cute or hot or whatever. For sure. But it would come in phases. And, like, there would be sometimes where I would feel that way, like, more. And then, like, sometimes that I wouldn't. I'm Like, I always had, like, prom dates. I mean, I went to two proms. So I was, like, you know, like, I always, like, thought that that was just all, like, the, the thing. Like, yeah. I was, you know. Initially, was that at all a struggle for you? Like, in the sense that, like, you're, like, oh, why am I getting these, like, I like thoughts and feelings? Or this attractiveness, like, where is this attractiveness coming from? Like, did it ever worry you, scare you, made you feel like, oh, I, I shouldn't do that? Or Yeah, like, part, sometimes it was like that. It would be like, um, be like, whoa, like, why are you thinking that way? Like, what, sure. what the fuck? Like, you know? Sure. And, like, you just go back to the days when you're just at church and you're just like, what are, like, what is the ideal goal? And you just, like, remember that they say at church... Your ideal goal is to be married and to mm-hmm. that that's the only way into the kingdom or whatever the fuck. Right. That's the only way that you can get to the highest place that God holds people to. And that, you know, it's that type of relationship they should aim for. And it's like, but what if, and then, and then you ask yourself, what if you don't want to get married? What if you don't vibe with anyone like that? And it's like, what's going to happen to you? And so I just started asking myself a lot of questions. And so as of the last couple of years, I mean... I have been identifying as queer and I have been identifying as bisexual and it's bisexual, maybe not so much as until as of recently, because it all started like 
where I just accepted the fact that I was a little curious mm -hmm. and that I was like bi curious, I guess you could say. Sure. And one of my fraternity brothers allowed me to like to to express that to him and he like gave me that space to be like okay so you're attracted to men like that's that's perfectly fine that's normal it was it wasn't like he was literally being like a brother to me and he's like okay so you're attracted to men that's fine like there, there's nothing wrong with that you can call it whatever you want to call it sure and um <clears throat> it was just it was just a lot of relearning and it was like wow like that is that is very normal and that is okay. And I, I just, that was like. An accepting turning point, huh? Yeah, it's like, it's like the little peephole. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like I can see what's on the other side and I can see that that's fine. And it's okay to also like girls. Right. You know, and. Um, <clears throat> and so just like allowing that to be like, whew, like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And like allowing me to be what I want to be. Hey everybody, this is T. Um, I would like to be known as iridescently T. Hopefully that sticks. I identify as a cis um, gender, cisgender uh, female. So my pronouns are she, her, and hers. And I am bisexual. And I mean, I lean towards men because they're low key easy to deal with. Like, I know how the rules go for men. But uh, for women, I'm trying to dive into that. But I don't. It's a it's an interesting experience. So that's how I identify. For my message to my former self, <laughs> you are in for a surprise with your judgmental super Christian Catholic never having sex before marriage self. Like that is actually laughable. I don't know if I would be friends with you in the past. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. But uh, it is going to be a little rough with how you come into it. But give yourself time and you'll learn a lot and do what you need to. And you're going to do great things with discovering your sexuality, both like physically and I mean, you make a whole book about it. You lit. And that was where, yeah, that was really the turning point. And I just slowly started to understand that like, yeah, you can be queer. Yeah, you can be bisexual. And the the reason why it's like so hard for me to understand um or to accept bisexuality is because there's so much biphobia. Yeah, for sure. Like within the queer community, within the like straight community, whatever you want to call it, there's just so much biphobia everywhere. Like 
straight women, they're like, oh no, I'm scared that he's gonna cheat on me with a man, with a man, and like that might make them feel less or whatever. And then like gay men are like, oh no, he's actually <laughs> he's he's one of the gays, but he just wants to hold on to that part of his straightness. And it's like, no, like I genuinely. I'm attracted to both. Like, sure. you know, it doesn't have to be 50 50. It can be 75 25, 35 70. It can be 1%, yeah. whatever you want it to be. But it really is. Right. You know? Um, I think that I'm really glad in that, within that story, that, you know, when you did mention it to, who was this again? One of my fraternity brothers. You know, shout out to my frat brother, Jake. Um, he was on season one. What I, yeah, so what I'm saying is, like, out of all the re- reactions, like, that could have been given, I'm glad it was one of comfort and yeah. one of, like, this is a safe space and that, that he, you know, was accepting of it and allowed you and, like, had that helping hand in, like, right. making you feel like, yeah, what the heck, like, this is okay. And, like, you know, it, it leads you to a new journey of you finding yourself and, like, being able to... You know, find out who you are and accept yourself. And, like, thank you for even sharing this with me and being open about it. I think, like, you should be very proud of yourself. Like, this is a stepping stone. Yeah, it's, like, really, like, (laughs) it's just so many emotions because, like I was telling you earlier, it's, like, it's, like, once it, like, (laughs) once you say it, like, there's no taking it back. Mm -hmm. And, like, once it, like, goes into the interwebs, like, you can't take it back like you could delete it but there's still people that know what it and it's not that it's bad like i know that there's going to be support and that there's going to be people that like like want to give me like a, a a hug through their headphones you know yeah but it's just like it's like those voices in your head that like have always said shit mm-hmm. are sometimes louder and stronger for sure than like your own voice and like then your own like yeah like then your own voice sometimes it's just like those like overpower or like they just be like no you can't be that like that's not that's not the way that your life can be that's not Mm -hmm. happiness like for you like that might be happiness for someone else but that's not happiness for you Mm -hmm. this is what really it is and it's like it is really traumatizing but it's really helpful to also have a platform like this because you're right i not to say that I want to be, but I can be a voice for other people, other men that feel this way. Yeah. And that maybe needed to hear that mm-hmm. it's okay to accept that little piece of you and work on that. Yeah. You know? For sure. Absolutely. All about self-love and progress and finding ourselves. What's up, Plot Twist? It's the friend in your ear, DJ SJ614 here from the New York Dose and Wood Morning Podcast. Um, I identify as queer. I used to identify as gay, but that was my way of making things easier for the world and not being true to myself. Um, I was hetero up until sophomore year of college, and then as soon as I started messing around with guys, um, I made sure that everybody knew. 
um, because I'm kind of like an open book. I have a strong spirit and I'm just so confident with myself. And I live that through everything. Um, my pronouns are he, him. Uh, but honestly, anything that's respectful. Um, like if you got to tell me, girl, bye, I don't mind it. I don't care. Um, and yeah, I'm just really happy to be here. And I'm really happy, happy that this conversation is happening. You guys rock. Have fun. Love you. So, do you have a number? Do you have a body count? Do you believe in that? Like, what? what's your perspective on that? Yeah, so when you mentioned that, I, like, I didn't even hesitate in my to my answer in my head. I was like, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't really keep a body count um, at all. Not to say that I've been with too many people that I can't count. I'm mm-hmm. sure if I go back, I could, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like sex and I feel like sexual encounters are so unique as well. Like who's to say that getting head from someone wasn't as, you know, like who's to say that that's more than actually like penetrating whoever you're pen or like whatever, like sex means to you. Like who's to say like, you know, everyone has a different, a different level idea. of sex yeah. and it's like, how do you know what's a body count and what's not like, how do you know? And then it's also like, damn, like a body, like that's really what you think, right? you know? Which I get because there's a difference between fucking and sex in my head. But it's just like so many things that I personally don't think body count even really matters. What about you? Well, I think more so for me, I don't think that I... No, I feel like to an extent, I think myself, I do care. I don't know what it is. Maybe it is like all these, you know, thoughts and ideas of like, um, you know, growing up and people making comments like, oh, she sleeps around or like, oh, mm. da, da, da. but you know, there's always the, the, slut the, shaming. the slut shaming. There's always a slut shaming aspect of it. Right. And also growing up and like, you know, your parents teaching you that you should value your body, not to say like, you know, that you don't, if you're sharing yourself with people, you know what I mean? In the sense that like, it is, it is, I think I definitely, when it comes to sex, I think it is special, you know, like, yeah, there's times that there have been like, one night stands or whatever the case may be but you know i think ultimately like the experience of sex like it's a connection like you you know it's a you know depending on how how you're i guess how you believe in it right in regards to body count it's definitely nobody's business for me in my in my own perspective in my own life it's it's like if the next person i'm talking to like that's none of their business like all you should worry about is whether i've been tested and if i'm good or not you know what i mean if we do decide to take those that approach you know um but I think that I wouldn't ask and I wouldn't expect anybody to ask either that I'm like going into something with because it's like, why are you asking? And it's like, do you form an opinion off of someone if you're asking? And, you know, because whether I sleep with like three people or 50 people, like, right, I, it, you know, sometimes, you know, people feel weird about that shit. And like, maybe that's why they'll ask and like, oh, well, how many people are like, how? like dirty are you and it's like you know it's that idea and that mindset that it makes it hard for people to talk about this and be open about it yeah and it also opens up the conversation for like sex work like how are you gonna say that body count is important when some people actually have to live off of this and it's like that is also really hard because it's like mm, it's like how can you it seems like they might be devaluing the work that they're doing and so then at that point, what 
do they count as sex? Like, do they count that as work? You know, it's yeah, just really sure. hard because it's this is people's income as well. thing that I want to leave you guys on for the Salah segment is do you guys think that sexting is gonna be a thing of the times since COVID like do you guys think it's the new normal I guess what are you thinking I'm sure everybody's definitely got their fair share so far in, in during COVID about of, of sexting like their fair share because can't be coming over people can't be going over your spot you gotta know what it is yeah be you, safe you gotta know. I mean, could you imagine letting the one person that you want to fuck with in COVID come over and they just give you COVID? <laughs> yeah, well, that and like <laughs> you're just like, oh, you a catfish, right? <laughs> so it's just like there's so many things to worry about now. It's like catfish and COVID; those yeah. two go hand in hand. But I do think that sexing is gonna be definitely like more of a new normal for us. So yeah. you know, just to throw that out there, let's see what you guys have to say about that. Let us know. Put me on. On this segment, we are going to be putting each other on. It is our corner for all things dope, black, and brown. Let us know if you got anything you want to put us on to. Gran Varones. I love this web, this Instagram account. It's a dope Instagram account that gives visibility to queer men of color. And um, yeah, so I want you guys to check them out. It's Gran Varones on Instagram. They post up a lot of different stories, man. Like a lot of y'all can probably relate to them. And, and, and yeah, we'll we'll get into a little bit more of that. Yeah, you guys, um, D just also showed me their page. I'd go check it out for sure. It's so inspiring, really. It's very motivational. Um, and it's really powerful. I'm looking at it right now and um, their, their, their photos, their photography and, and their stories that, that they present on the page is really, really, it's definitely one of a kind it looks like. And it's, and it's definitely a community that, you know, super supportive. So their Instagram is Gran Barones. Like I just said, it is pop culture, queer history and community storytelling through a black Latinx queer lens. So they do have a website and um, you can check them out. They post very personal stories. They also post like historical people that, um, you know, like Marsha P. Johnson. And they they like definitely, um, they highlight so many different angles and I love the way that they do it. So La Gaveta. Gaveta means drawer. This is the drawer with all the random shit you need, but don't, but kind of do. Every week, we will be spinning a random topic that couldn't go anywhere else in the podcast. What is your favorite year of the last decade? Obviously not including 2020, but we have had a lot of reflection and we have had to go back in our memory banks because we ain't got nowhere else to go. <laughs> what is one of your favorite years of last decade? I think that one is really hard for me because it's really hard for me to remember. <laughs> True. Um, so most recently, like in these last couple of years, I would say two years, two years ago, 
2018 was definitely um, a, a growing year for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had just gone through a breakup and I moved back into my parents' house. And I think that, you know, finding myself and and really, you know, it was my first semester at SF State. I finally got out of like something that was very toxic. And I think that, you know, it was just me coming into my own and learning how to be on my own again. Right. Learning how to be my own fucking person, be like badass, go to school, finish school and hold down my job and, you know, be with the family. So it was definitely a good 2018 progressive year. I see what you mean. You're like emotional independence yeah. was out here. It was thriving. being regained for sure. I think for me, I would say... You know, I'm going to take it all the way back to the beginning of the decade. I really feel like 2011, 2010, like those first two or three years were just some of the more like formative years of my independence since we on that tip. Um, I feel like, yeah, me moving out at 17 was so impactful, even though there were so many struggles where like I had to eat like um sausages and tortillas and beans like because you know you had to keep it simple and you didn't want to ask the parents for help because you're just like i'm out here doing it you know on fucking five dollars every week or whatever but it it was it was a lot of like those moments that like i was like yeah i can do this and even though it sucks today it might suck tomorrow might suck the day after that but like at least i'm out here yeah you know and living in la was just so eye-opening for me and if you guys have a year of the decade that you guys want to look back on you guys want to be like you know what let me tell plot twist because i ain't never told nobody yeah, this before for real. let us know 2011 was a good year though yeah you know Thank you so much. We made it to the end, y'all. We made it to the end. Thank you guys for sticking it out with us for this episode. Whew, man, I feel really good after sharing all that. I really do. And I don't know why I was and, you know, still at the same time am kind of tripping about this, but it's fucking 2020. Everyone's a little gay at this point. (laughs) But deadass though, like, my assumption about people is that everyone is a little gay at least five percent to ten percent if we're putting a percentage on that (laughs) or maybe it's just because i'm in the queer pool and you know i actually have a gaydar now so i can kind of spot it i don't know these queer lenses be showing me some things and some truths but (laughs) like you trying to tell me that you've never thought somebody of the same gender was cute, handsome, or as some guys like to disguise it as, like, you fly or smooth. You gotta explore that shit, man. I mean, it could be very platonic at the end of the day, but you gotta, you gotta explore your emotions and who you are. I'm not calling you queer, I'm not calling you gay or bi, but who knows, you could be suppressing something and you could be. You could be living a more free, more full life as well. Even if it's just a little bit, you can always embrace what you can. And there's no age limit to it. You don't have to be a teenager and somebody that's coming of age to come into your queerness at all either. Because again, it's 2020. And if you aren't okay with this part of me, honestly, you can suck my dick from the back. That's right. And I think that's what you should say to anybody that, you know, doesn't fuck with your identity. What they're going to say? They're just going to keep it pushing. But anyway, from here on out, y'all, it's just love and real shit only. I really had to come to a big realization that 
if I want that career in media like I say I do, I want this to be said on my terms. I want y'all to hear it from me first and nobody else. You know, no shade to Andrew Gillum because apparently his wife knew about his bisexuality, but I don't ever want that to happen in my life. And I need to be in control of my own story and my identity. And that's on what? Thank you. <laughs> I am channeling all of Bad Bunny's Yo Hago Lo Que Me Da La Gana vibes. Because that's really the biggest mood of the year for me. And you know, Mr. Fab's lyrics always hit. I got the North, got the East, got the West with me. You can finish the rest. Because that's really what it is. I got my crew and I got my chosen family. And I really hope you do too. Well, y'all, much love to each and every one of you. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever possible. Apple Podcast listeners, I'm looking right at you. (laughs) Thank you again, y'all. Thank you again for being a community. Please follow us on Instagram at Plot Twist Podcast. Only one T because I'm doing a little bit of rebranding on this side. Slowly but surely. Now, if you enjoyed the voicemails, see the episode notes for their content and socials. And if you would like to send us a voice message to be featured on a future episode, you can find all that information in the episode notes. If voice message really isn't your judge, isn't your flow, send us a DM because we read. (laughs) All right, y'all. Much love, much positivity, and I hope you guys can keep it light today. Bye, guys. Yeah.